And that's a bit of the brand new single from my guest, Alberta's Dwayne Steele. The song is called Blue Collar Palace, and featured on that song is country artist Gord Bamford. Great pairing there of Dwayne and Gord. I have some more Dwayne songs on the way uh, here on the show, including Breathing Your Air. And then we'll go back in time and play an earlier song of Dwayne's here on the show, a little retrospective, if you will. I've got some great things to chat about with Dwayne, of course, and uh, including... The Legend of George Jones, which is a great tribute show he does. Without further ado, my pleasure to welcome Dwayne Steele. How are you? I'm doing good, Dave. How are you doing? I am doing just wonderful, Dwayne. We talked a few years back. I lose track of time, but we have spoken once before. But I, you know, I've been a country fan my whole life, glued to country radio. So, of course, when Stuck on Your Love came out and Anita got married, The Trouble with Love, uh, Lisa Brokop and you on Two Names on an Overpass, uh, I was in love with these songs. Oh, well, thanks, man. You know, uh, having said that, um, that's been, uh, that was, we were both 24 years younger when those songs came out. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hard to believe. This year, uh, yeah. well, uh, Anita, uh, Stuck on Your Love, actually, was released uh, February 14th, 1996, so uh, doesn't time fly. Uh, but, yeah, those were good years for me, uh, being able to make those first uh, records on Mercury Records here in Canada. It was an awesome time. I think, in fact, so much time has passed, Anita's been divorced and remarried. <laughs> probably yeah in today's world a cup in today's world a couple times <laughs> a couple times exactly but that is a great song and uh we're gonna we're gonna touch on one of those um you know you've got that voice that real solid country voice um another great song leaving made easy and i didn't go back and and uh, dig through Google for this, but I kind of remember from way back, and you can tell me if I'm remembering correctly, was there an Alan Jackson connection to Leave and Made Easy? Well, there was a little bit, yeah. I wrote that with a good friend of mine in Nashville when I was living down there in the uh, mid and late 90s, um, a great writer named John Robin. Uh, we wrote many songs together over the years, but um, yeah, Alan had actually had that song on hold for several months and um he actually recorded it so you know we went into the studio one day and our publishers were all just doing the happy dance like alan jackson's going to be cut and leaving made easy and yeah. you know it was one of those where it's like oh finally you know uh got somewhere in this business um unfortunately he actually tracked it twice as the story um, but, uh, unfortunately he, you know, we got word back that, you know, it's just not, it's just not working right. And we can't find the right key for that song to sit right with Alan and he loves the song, but it's just not going to happen. So yes, that is, uh, that is our Alan Jackson story with that song. Uh, unfortunately it didn't happen. Uh, Sammy Kershaw ended up cutting the song a few years back on his, um, honky tonk boots album. Um, so it was. It's great to hear, uh, you know, one of those great uh, classic country yeah. singers on it for sure. Um, you know, Alan's Alan would have put it probably in a different uh, league, I think. You know, just business wise, um, Sammy does a great job of it. So um, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a great compliment to the song that Alan Jackson interested in it. That close. Uh, Sammy Kershaw actually recorded it. it. You know, you you found that kind of classic country song that appeals to them. 
Yeah, you know, back in those in that uh, that mid '90s period, there that that stuff was going um, strong and uh, mm-hmm. still had a place on on country radio, and uh, so it was it was just. I think it's just a different, unique slant on it too, you know, writing it from yep. that perspective. Um, and it was, it was a bit of an interesting take on things at the time. So those guys were, uh, those guys thought it was pretty cool, I guess. So they gave it a shot anyway. And, uh, that's good to know that we had a little bit of a, uh, interest there with, with some of that music back then. Um, you know, Alan Jackson, Sammy Kershaw, and let's talk about George Jones now. A lot of people, of course, when Sammy came out, heard the similarities uh, in Sammy's voice to George's voice. But you do a yeah. show uh, to George Jones, and he's one of my favorites from way back in the day. Listen to him as a young guy growing up. Uh, you know, George is the king, the possum. Uh, tell, me, oh, yeah. uh, tell me how this came about. Well, it came about over the span of a a couple years, actually. Um, A friend of mine, uh, Rob Shapiro from Hey Romeo fame, and, uh, you know, (laughs) recently Jay Walker. Rob's been a friend of mine for many, many years, probably 25, 30 years here we've known each other. Anyway, he had this idea. He has a uh, company called GNR Entertainment, and they put together shows and he thought, you know, doing a George Jones show would be a, a great idea. And I, of course, turned it down for <laughs> over a year. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I, I just, the, the uh, tribute kind of show didn't appeal to me, really. I, I I had seen some that weren't, you know, didn't really strike me as being that great and well done and that kind of a thing. And uh, I just wasn't. Hmm. Wasn't a fan at the time of how those shows were coming across. Many of them, anyway. There were there were some great ones, obviously, but we talked about it at length for for a long time, and we figured out a way to do it with a with a full band, and with we got access to great uh, Graham Neal, one of our partners, a great writer. He put together a chronological order of George's life in you know in print that I was able to use as stories and anecdotes in the show and then we put together the catalog of music about 23 24 songs of some of his his catalogs pretty rich and deep obviously right so you could play mm-hmm. george jones all night but we wanted to get the songs that yep. um that everyone knew and loved and i think we've done that with it it's been one of the most gratifying um musical things that i've ever done i was uh, reluctant and hesitant to sing George Jones um, just because of his status and where he's at as a singer and icon in music. But, um, you know, we figured out a way to do it. And um, I think, you know, we've had great success with it and people that have heard the show and seen the show love it. So that's all we can uh, ask for, you know, and, and carrying on that aspect, that that traditional country music that is basically gone now um mm-hmm. it's been great to keep that legacy going um just just from that perspective for sure definitely yeah we don't hear it on country radio as much uh, or nearly as much as we used to especially the kind of country music that george jones put out so for those people who are going there for for two hours however long the show is getting lost and going back in time to hear those songs. Yeah. Um, there's so many to pick of his, and I don't think I could pick a favorite. Obviously, He Stopped Loving Her Today is one uh, for me and for yeah. everybody. Um, she Thinks I Still Care is such a clever yeah. song. Uh, tons of them. Do you have a favorite or two of his that stand above the rest, or at least that you enjoy singing more than others? Well, actually, you know what? I love singing all that whole show now that now that we've put it together. <laughs> we start the show right from the late fifties, um, you know, with uh, you know his earliest hits, and and, and it kind of runs in a chronological order right up till you know choices is sort of what we finished yeah. the song or the uh, show that. with and uh and it's just a wonderful song to sort of recap his whole life and and sort of finish yeah. it off with but i mean i love singing choices uh he stopped loving her today obviously one of the greatest country songs ever written and that's kind of a showstopper that song <laughs> you know people just yeah. because of the song uh you know it's just 
Yeah. It's just one of those it's a it's a moment in the show. So those kind of songs that are and that's the thing with his catalogue of music though, like there's there's songs of that caliber like there's there's a dozen of those that that we do yeah. in the show where that's people it. just go, Whoa, whoa, I forgot about that one. I I forgot about that one. I, you know, it's like I know it but you know, and, and it's just that's the neat part about it. Like we've had so many people come up and just comment on the songs, the the way we've put the show together and, and stuff. So that's been really, really, uh, like I say, it's just been a gratifying musical uh, kind of life experience to, to be able to be a part of that. That is amazing. Uh, let's turn to the single that's out now, Blue Collar Palace, yeah. with Gord Bamford. Tell me about the song and how Gord became a part of it. Well, Gordon and I have known each other. Gord sang at my wedding. <laughs> we've known I've been married 18 <laughs> years, so we've known each other a long time wow. prior to that, actually. Um, you know, Gord, when he was getting ready in music, I was sort of still having my success in music and still doing shows and and stuff like that. So Gord actually opened for me in Red Deer, um, myself in the Poverty Plains, and that's where I, you oh, know, wow. we got to know Gord, and we've been friends ever since, pretty much, and we've written many songs over the years. Gord cut a lot of my songs on his early albums. Uh, Blue Collar Palace is one that we wrote together early on in our in our writing relationship, and uh, he recorded it on his, uh, I think it's called uh, Honky Tonks and Heartaches, or uh, his, his fourth album, fourth or fifth album, and uh, he recorded a version of it, a great version of it, and uh, we've always, we both liked it. And uh, you know, we he mm-hmm. asked me here uh, recently to be a part of the hashtag Redneck tour, so we thought it was a would make, be a cool idea to dust that song off, uh, record yeah. a new version of it with both of us singing on it, and it does have that hashtag Redneck theme going on, you know, with um, <laughs> with its content and. I've always just loved it. It's been a great. It's a it's a fun song to do, and uh, yeah, we're just kind of excited about it. You know, having it out. I've, I I I put I started putting out music again for the first time in May of last uh, of this year, I guess it would be. Um, so it's been it's been fun having or May of last year, I should say. Uh, it's yeah, been sure. fun having new music out and um, being back being back in the productive world that way with recording and stuff. So Blue Collar Palace is like the third single we put out since then and it's been a it's been a cool uh cool transition, if you will, for me to get back in the into the airwaves and stuff like that. So it's been it's been mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Well, let's check out that song now from my guest, Dwayne Steele, along with Gord Bamford, this is Blue Collar Palace on In the Country. Right till sundown all week long When the work week's done I'm gonna pay my bills And head out on the town To a place I know where the beer's cold And the fun won't stop for hours Yeah, I'll be hanging out at the Blue Collar Palace Yeah. 
And that is Alberta's Dwayne Steele with Blue Collar Palace along with Gore Bamford. What a great tune that they both wrote together. Uh, so much fun. I've got another couple of songs from Dwayne coming up on the way. And you recorded uh, at least one cover song. The one I'm thinking of in particular, Dwayne, is the Gordon Lightfoot classic, If You Could Read yeah. My Mind. Uh, tell me mm-hmm. about the, the, your thoughts behind recording that song. What was the, the decision that made you do that? Well, that was a that was an interesting one. I was uh, living. I was get, getting ready to record my second album. It was around 1997. I was living in the states at the time, living in Nashville and working down there for Warner Chapel Publishing, uh, working with a great great group of people. Um, I had been coming back at various times to Canada, but uh, you know, a, a, a great friend of mine at the time had. Um, you know, I guess I was lamenting one night over drinks or whatever about how, how it's not so easy to get home. And I miss Canada, you know. And my folks at the time were sending me McLean's magazine back when we still read magazines and uh, any right. newspapers, you know, from home. It was because he didn't get it down there, right? So I was kind of having a right. bit of a uh, jonesing for some Canadiana. And a great friend of mine had said, you know, if you ever want to just go back to Canada, just go grab a Lightfoot album and uh, it'll put you back there at any time. It doesn't matter how old you are, what you're doing. So I went down to Tower Records the next day. I bought a copy of Gord's Gold and listened to it for like a month straight (laughs) and fell in (laughs) love with that tune again. And uh, I went, you know, this would be an awesome song to cover. And that's kind of how it turned out took it to my producer, Steve Bogart, Mike Clute. They both loved it, and they thought it was a great idea. My uh, my label boss at the time, Doug Chappelle, a great record guy in Canada, um, he loved it and thought it was a great idea too. So that's kind of how we how that came about, and it was just uh, nice. out of uh, re, uh, you know falling in love again with the music and with that song and stuff, and uh, we thought it was a good time to bring it back out. And it and it was radio. Uh, radio was very, uh, you know, they played it for us and they were uh, supportive of it. So it was it was very cool. Such a Canadian classic. Uh, it's right up there with Tim Hortons and uh, hockey. Uh, Gordon Lightfoot and particularly his, many of his songs, obviously. But if you could read my mind, such a Canadian classic. Oh yeah, just and just a, as a songwriter. Um, you know, that's, that's still one of the songs on, you know, it's, it's got its time and it's in its, uh, mm-hmm. but just as a, as a, as an example of great songwriting and great melodic, mm-hmm. um, you know, and storytelling, it's just right up there with some of the best ever written in my opinion. And, uh, I'm going to, I still aspire to getting me one of those one day. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, yeah. ultimate search for that classic song, right? Um, do you know yeah. it when you've written it? Dwayne, obviously time tells whether the song is embraced or not, but uh, I guess you can tell after a songwriting session uh, if it's a good song or not, if it's a great song or not. Yeah, you know, that's a hard thing. I don't know if I, if, if I think I think we can tell, you know, if you've written enough songs, I think you can tell if you've written a good song. Um, I don't know what separates uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, because you hear stories of writers that go, you know, we didn't really even think we had anything with this song. And then mm-hmm. you put it out and it's, and the rest of the world loves it. And I think that's what makes it a great song is that if the rest of the world loves it, if you've, if you've actually communicated and tapped into someone else's um, emotions and sensibilities, and I think that's what makes it a great song. So it's hard to tell what that is oftentimes until it does get a chance to be out there. I'm sure there's beautiful, uh, great songs written the world over that will never have a chance. I can think back on some of your songs, 
Um, we're going to go back in time in a little bit to play one of them, but, uh, you know, Stuck on Your Love. Let's let's focus on some of these songs um, rather than me just list them. Let's stop there with Stuck on Your Love. Uh, I remember hearing this song. It's such a great, catchy song. Um, it's got a, you know, a cool vibe to it. Tell me about this the story and the writing behind that one. Well, that you know, that's there was that first album where uh, the first few hits that I had off that album, I actually didn't even write them. I was working with Steve Bogart and Rick and uh, Mike Clude as producers down in Nashville, and Rick and uh, or I should say Steve, and uh, he had a writing partner named Rick Giles, who's a fantastic uh, songwriter and uh, in Nashville uh, as well. And they wrote these songs, you know, they had these songs and, and I was writing, I had moved down there and was working and, but I was still able to hear songs that they were playing and writing and stuff. And these songs had just kind of came in and, you know, into the office on occasion or they'd say, we just wrote this song. And I'm like, I love that. I want it. <laughs> so right. that kind of, you know, <laughs> stuck on your love. Uh, Anita got married. Those are, those are written by, some of my friends in in uh in Nashville at Warner Chapel at the time so uh that's kind of where those songs came from and they were just songs that I kind of connected with at the time um and I thought they were hip sounding I thought they were kind of new a fresh take on on things and uh that country radio might you know especially you know I, I still had my or I had my deal in Canada that they would want to maybe hear and I could come out with something a little different sounding if you will and uh, i think those songs at the time were a little bit different sounding for what else for what everything else was on country radio mm. yeah uh another one the trouble with love is a great ballad there's a lot of emotion in that song mm-hmm. uh, i was listening to it again today because i hadn't listened to it in a while but i heard it on the radio at the time and, and afterwards when i had that record but tell me about the trouble with love well that's another one of those songs um uh, I'm, and her name is is drawing a blank on me right now. She's married to Jeff Hanna. You're gonna you're gonna hate me for this. How yeah. uh, Matresa Berg is Matresa Berg is yeah. her name. Uh, great songwriter in Nashville. She actually sang on the track with me. That's why I was feeling guilty about uh, <laughs> trying to grasp her name. That song hasn't right. came up for a while to talk about. So Matresa Berg, um, yeah, that was yeah. one of hers. Her and Hal Ketchum had written it and. Uh, you know, she was friends with Mike, uh, my producer at the time, and we were looking for songs. And, and uh, she was, you know, at the time, she goes, yeah, you guys can give that song a whirl. I'd love to sing on it. You know, Hal doesn't even remember that we wrote it, blah, 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 that kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so not only did I get to uh, record that great song, which I think is a great tune, uh, but yeah. she offered to come in and sing it. So, uh so I got lucky on both accounts there with that. Yeah, and that song I think was like a number two or three song in Canada back then, and that I think that was our third, third release off that first album. So, like I say, those were those were cool times for me uh, as an artist in in you know getting rolling with that first record and stuff. Um, and I took some of those songs that I was recording, and you know I think I learned from that from what. The songs I not only picked and then, you know, kept my writing going and, and I think I evolved. Uh, and you mentioned Hal Ketchum and, of course, uh, the big song of his small town, Saturday Night. I'm writing down these yeah. songs because you're giving me great songs. What have I got here? I've got uh, Choices from George Jones. I haven't listened to that in a while. So I'm going to go back and listen to that later and I'm going to listen to Small Town, Saturday Night. Let's turn the song that I will play from that time, and it was a tough choice, kind of almost flipping a coin here, but uh, Two Names on an Overpass, which is the lovely ballad that you recorded with. Lisa Brokop, uh, I love her voice, and she had so many hits out back in the day uh, and still doing stuff out there, of course. Uh, Tell me about uh, the song and about working with Lisa. Yeah, that song, again, that was another one of the songs that we, you know, we picked a half a dozen tunes uh, from some great writers in Nashville on that first album, and that song was written, uh, myself and my uh, producer, Steve Bogart, we were at a writer's night one night in Nashville, like, uh, I don't know if they still have them, I'm sure they do, but uh, back in the mid-90s, it was like just about every night of the week, you could catch a great writer's night somewhere in that town. And um, 
uh, Warner Chapel, our publishing company, was doing a showcase. Um, I think it was like at Douglas Corner or one of those one of those smaller venues, and a guy named Tim Menzi uh, was there, and he sang that song just you know himself and his guitar, and the whole room just kind of went. Uh, <laughs> that is wonderful you know and uh wow. so we thought there's no way in heck we're going to get that song but uh Steve knew knew him and uh we went up to him right after and told him how much we loved the song and that we'd love to get a copy of it and had he demoed it and he goes oh, I think I think at the time he hadn't even demoed it yet he's like I think we're going to demo it in a week but I'll send you over a demo and blah 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 and it kind of just right. went from there and uh so when we we did finally get the song and and uh, Lisa was in town around the same time and uh, we just called her up and we were thinking to make a great uh, you know guy girl duet thing and uh, we just called over and asked her if she would be involved in it and she said yeah for sure and uh, it was as simple as that she came over and sang her heart out on it and uh, it was wonderful such a great song let's uh, go back in time. And reminisce with this song from Dwayne Steele and Lisa Brokop. Two names on an overpass on In the Country. Where Providence Road crosses I-54 There on the outskirts of town He made a testament to their only way he had Armed with a can of red aerosol Trusting his life to that rope round his waist Dangling above the westbound passing lane He wrote Jimmy Lee Loves Becky Brown Two on an overpass Left defying feet of love To this day every time she drives past She's taken back when she looks up when It was just her and him Things were so simple then All you needed Take their toll beyond human control Soon you're so far where love begins They used to hold hands Now they're just hanging on With a mortgage, two cars, and three kids Her heart is yearning for tender romance His back is Find feet of love To this day Every time she drives past She's taken back When she looks up When it was just her and him Things were so simple then All you needed to prove Love would last Were two names on it And that is Alberta's Dwayne Steele, along with Lisa Brokop. The song is Two Names on an Overpass. Some of 
Dwayne's earlier work that got played a ton of times on radio and on CMT. And speaking of CMT, back in the day, Dwayne, when we still had country music television in Canada, uh, mm-hmm. were, you, were you pretty good and comfortable with shooting music videos? Well, that was... Uh... I, I can't say I was ever really comfortable with it. I think it was, I, I think I got used to it. <laughs> it was uh, it right. was a bit of an odd thing, you know, like as a, I come from a small town of, uh, you know, 350 people up in Northern Alberta and, uh, you know, all of a sudden I'm down in Nashville and I ended up getting a record deal and then all of a sudden, Oh, you want to make videos and, and uh, you know, that kind of a thing. So it was a, I'm not going to say it was easy by any means, but it definitely, I think, uh, after I did, had one or two under my belt, it got a little easier and I just took it, you know, I worked at it like it was a, a part of the job and it became a little easier for sure. I mean, that first, uh, you know, the first idea of singing and, um, you know, on camera, that kind of that kind of thing was. Oh, I think anyone would tell you it was a bit uh, daunting to say the least initially. You know, but uh, no, it was fun. Those times, like I say, those were some of the best times I've ever had musically and uh, as an artist. Um, you know, doing music, uh, performing music, that kind of thing. So it was all all a part of the the memories for sure. Mm-hmm. And who are your influences, Dwayne? Um, when you were starting to pursue music, before you started to pursue it, who were you listening to that uh, you wanted to almost be like and emulate? Well, there was there's a lot of them. Um, I started playing in a band when I was 15 years old. Up in northern Alberta, we had a little band called Northern Sunrise. We were obviously directionally challenged, but uh, we call ourselves Northern <laughs> Sunrise. And uh, it was it was fun. It was three of my cousins, and we played uh, dances and you know weddings. We played school dances and all that stuff for about four years straight up there. So we started playing all kinds of different music, but at the time, obviously, you know, up there, country was huge. So Merle Haggard and George Jones, obviously, you know, those people, Waylon Jennings, uh, Johnny Cash, all those those great country artists were always huge and a, and, a, and a big influence. But also as a teenager, you know, growing up in the 70s for, for myself, I was a huge fan of, uh, when I first heard the Eagles, I was like, done. I'm like, this is the best yes. thing I've ever heard in my life. And uh, so, you know, as we sort of, as I sort of evolved as an artist and as a musician and got, you know, older and into other bands and stuff, like, Bands like the Eagles and, uh, you know, artists like Vince Gill and Rodney Crowell. Vince was still at the time with, like, you know, he had been in bands like Pure Prairie League, and which was another right. band that we all loved because we were in bands, right? So we were sort of looking at the bands like the Eagles and Pure Prairie League and uh, Restless Heart and some of those oh, early... Yeah. You know, some of that stuff that was just phenomenal, right? Uh so that's, you know, I drew inspiration from all that. The the great artists, obviously, the great country singers, but then the bands and, and uh, the artists that came out of those bands. I know Rodney Crowell, you know, was back, you know, he was with Emmy Lou's Hot Band. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so that was a band of musicians that were like on a caliber of, there wasn't many people that were, or any bands with, uh, that caliber of musicians in, you know, at the time that uh, a guy from Heinz Creek could sort of tap into, you know, so <laughs> those were those were sort of the places where I drew inspiration from was the great bands and the great singer songwriters, Chris Christopherson, uh, you know, Rodney, of course, and uh, those those kind of people loved uh, Glenn Campbell, loved John Denver, you know, that kind of you know just good yep. music. I just loved it. Yeah. All the classics. And when did you um, get into writing your own songs, Dwayne? What point and what age roughly was that that you started to do your own stuff? Well, I uh, actually, the band I was telling you about when we were 15, 16 years old, we had a band called uh, like Northern Sunrise. We actually recorded our first um, songs at uh, Lillo's Music, uh, a guy named Vic Lillo. We had a music store in Edmonton, and, and uh, we wrote uh, some songs, 
<laughs> and we went out there and we recorded them. So I still have, I'm lucky enough to have that. Um, nice. One of my uh, cousins dug up the old tapes of that and digitized it for us all. So we actually have copies of that when we're, uh, you know, he he's 14, I'm 15, some of us, are, you know, and we we had written songs back then. So I think there's about five that we'd written together at the time so that's my first time of actually writing my own songs from there i sort of went on you know i had the rock and horse band i was a writer in that band yep. so i'd been writing songs um prior to going down to nashville but not on that level obviously um i think my time in in nashville definitely spruced up my writing in a huge way and uh you know making records and just being around those people um you know, I think you learn by having people that are better than you kind of around you that you sure. sort of, you, your your game just has to go up or it won't <laughs> kind of a deal. So I think <laughs> exactly. that's kind of, that's kind of what happened with me. Uh, and I think that I, I developed into a better writer and, uh, and an overall artist just because of that, for sure. Um, when I was interviewing Katie Topham recently, who is also her pre-married name, Katie Warren, a daughter of Jamie Warren, your good buddy, uh, she was mentioning Absolutely. when she was growing up that she, yeah, you know Jamie so well, that she was, she just mentioned that she's a big fan of your voice, you probably, you already knew this, but growing up she would be listening to your cassette tapes. No, I know that's awesome. She's, I've known Jamie for years and uh, we've, you know, we've both, hung out at each other's places for years off and on on various occasions and, and it's been great it's been great watching his kids grow up and become the wonderful artists that they are um you know it was great and actually uh, i co-wrote that song that she has out now with jamie and her we kind of right. sat down at a table yeah. one time <laughs> you know i just don't feel like loving <laughs> you today and uh it great was song. it's it's neat as a you know as a guy my age you know you see these kids come up and all of a sudden they're like blossomed into into peep into artists into people and you know they've got their own they've got their own music their own ideas it's it's really neat to uh to see that um you know from my perspective and you know his kids are ultra talented both of them are just uh, over the over t over the top so it's pretty cool yeah can you tell us something about Jamie that uh, either we know or we don't know, or just maybe about your friendship and uh, the past you two have shared? One thing I found out about Jamie that I really didn't know was a while ago, um, we were walking through a hotel and uh, on our way back from an event or something like that. It was a little bit later at night, and he sat down at a piano and played a couple songs on piano, and I'm like, I had no idea you played piano. I've known you for like, 25 years and I've never seen you play piano and I was like whoa that's cool and he actually did I didn't a fine know that job. yeah wow yeah so he's uh he's got some talents that he's hiding there he's a he's a great great artist and uh he's been a great oh. friend over the years and in yeah. a hell of a songwriter and uh it's just been yeah these are the people that, uh, you know, we've spent many years I'm lucky enough to have uh, several of them in Canada here that, you know, Sean Hogan's another one uh, that we've worked Absolutely. over the years and stuff. And we've logged, we've logged miles and logged hours and <laughs> wrote songs and we've had good times. <laughs> we've had bad times. We've had hardships and uh, weathered the storm. So it's pretty cool. You know, these guys, uh, it it runs pretty deep with some of these guys, for sure. Is there anybody, Dwayne, at this point that you haven't worked with yet that uh, maybe somebody locally, somebody in Canada, um, that you're wanting to or have in mind one day you'd like to work with them either as a co-writer or a duet partner? Well, you know, I don't have um, – that. that's a great question, but, I, I, you know, I've always sort of just – been open to to working with different people and different artists and stuff like that obviously you want to kind of work with people that have the fire and the passion and are, are wanting to to do things in life and and get things going musically i like i say we were talking about earlier about uh the hashtag redneck tour and on that tour we've got uh 
people like Andrew Hyatt and Joe Joe Mason and Eric Etheridge and Corey Marks, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Jess Moskaluk, all these great young new artists and stuff. And uh, you know, I you know just to to be able to you know, and I think we will do this down the road. But you know, artists like that that you can see the passion and the uh, the drive every day they get up and work so hard at their craft and at their business and stuff like that. And I'm like, mm. I would work with you any day, <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> it, it just, it, it invigorates me and it, and it, and it lights a fire under my butt again, you know, just to see that and to, and to, to be around it. It's very inspiring. And, and, uh, you know, these new artists that are doing good things, they're putting out great music. It's like, I I'd be there in a heartbeat. Tennille Towns, uh, we met her. She used to come to our songwriting. Uh, a, a couple of friends of mine had a, uh, song rise song shop, songwriting camp up in, uh, Northern Alberta, up in Peace River for 10 years. And, Tennille came there when she was 14 years old and we just saw her develop into the artist she is today. And it's been cool to be a part of that, to be her friend and to work with her and to write songs and, and see that development and that, and where she's taken it, you know, uh, to me, that's one of the best, best parts of this job is just, you know, if you can sort of be a part of that person's, um, development, if you will, and and uh, help out in the limited, you know, the way any way you can, kind of a deal. And then when they actually do achieve their, you know, their success, she's obviously still working hard and and going for it. But that kind of stuff is what I really love to see and help out in. You know, Katie, uh, we talked about her. I'd love to see her just carry mm-hmm. on and follow the passion, you know, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, she's doing great with that song that you and her and Jamie wrote together, um, I Just Don't Feel Like Loving You Today, uh, that our listeners yeah. can check out. Um, let's turn to uh, a recent song of yours, uh, the single before the one we played at the top of the show, Blue Collar Palace. Uh, the song's called Breathing Your Air. And what can you tell me about the song, Dwayne? Jake and I wrote that. Jake Matthews, uh, is, you probably spoke to Jake over the years. I have, uh, yeah. Gil Grand's little brother. Anyway, Jake That's and I have right. been friends, and we've been writing songs for many years, too. Actually, we were writing today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and uh, oh, wow. we wrote that song a while back. Um, I, had, I had this title called Breathe in Your Air, and uh, I had thrown it out at different writers here and there, and nobody liked it. They kind of go, oh, that's kind of weird. That's weird title, blah, blah, blah. Who would get it? That kind of a thing. But uh, Jake and I locked into it one day and we just wrote it. It's just a basic love song to your significant other, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. But I thought it was a really, you know, when we finished it and I'd made a demo of it, I'd, I've always loved the song. And when I thought about putting out tunes again, you know, and finding some things that might be fit into today, today's uh, stylistic uh genre you know radio thing right um that was one of the top songs on my list so that's kind of where that came from and um yeah it's uh it's just a nice. it's a just kind of a nice love song to uh your significant other if you will let's hear that song now from Dwayne Steele this is breathing your air on in the country did I do right to wind up with someone like you? When we get this close, I lose all control. And all I really know, all I want to do
thinking lately You must be an angel, baby Put on this earth to save me No one else can love me like you do When we're in this place You blow me away And I thank God each day I'm the man that gets to Kiss you, girl, and pull you That is my guest, Wayne Steele, with the lovely song, Breathing Your Air. Is there any song that you've got, Wayne, that you know, you've talked about pitching songs and you've had cuts from other artists? Um, do you have a song now or two that you think, okay, this is really perfect for this artist. I've just got to get it to them. But do you have something in your catalog you think is right for a certain artist? That's a good, you know, that's a good question. I, I think I do, and I, I oftentimes will sit down, you know, as writers, we kind of sit down, we root through our songs and our catalog, and we kind of go, you know, put together a little, you know, three or four songs or a couple songs or whatever you think that, oh, maybe so-and-so would would be into this. Um, I can't specifically think of anything right offhand that would work for um any any specific artist but yeah i think i've got songs right now that you know that could um you know given the 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 thing with today's music world i think is that many artists as as you know we're all trying to make a living in this and and i think the key to today's uh success as a writer is is writing with artists that are writing and working and putting out music as well so you know right. pitching songs anymore has become a little bit more of a challenge uh, because of that Depends, very yep. thing and uh and so it's you know i've sort of um like i talked about before you know with the uh with the young folks on the tour and stuff like that you know writing with people like that that are current and doing things and and you know working hard at their craft i think that's where uh, as a writer i need to follow that trail and be you know offer what i can uh, you know in terms of writing or expertise or whatever and maybe just kind of help out that way so that's kind of where yep. i focus a lot of my time now in that regard yeah for sure um, and anybody who wants to uh, travel back over the last uh, couple of decades and a little more, um, there's a Spotify playlist I found at your website, uh, but people can go directly to Spotify for Dwayne Steele. And uh, the mm-hmm. 31 songs that you put together there, the current songs, and going back to Stuck on Your Love and Anita Got Married. Well, thank you, yeah. And I, I don't know if we got all the songs that are released to radio. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would have to do a, a calculation on that, but I I think I'm up to about 40 release, close to 40 releases to radio since uh, 
you know, even even prior to um, Dwayne Steele as a solo artist with the Rock and Horse Band, and you know all the stuff I've done as a solo artist, and and since then uh, I've done a couple duets with different people, Shirley Myers and and uh, people like that, you know. So there's a right. bunch of stuff out there, and uh, yeah, I've been really really lucky to to kind of stay in this business somehow. I have no idea how it how it's all turns. <laughs> but uh, maybe just dog determination and uh, I never learned how to do anything else so maybe that's uh, there you go. maybe that's no a plan good thing B. for me yeah no plan B <laughs> there's only a plan A <laughs> that's hilarious um, well we you know a big, big part of the success obviously is we all love your voice uh, was the older songs or the newer stuff you're putting out so I'm always looking forward to, and I know many others are, to, to your new stuff. Uh, Dwayne, thank you so much for being on the show. Great to catch up and uh, kind of go back in time with, uh, with especially uh, Two Names on an Overpass and some of the other songs we talked about, and then to hear the new stuff, including Blue Collar Palace featuring your good buddy, Gord Bamford. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, well, hey, thank you, Dave. It was great. You, uh, you made me uh, dig a little bit there back into the memory and <laughs> dig up some they got some old memories so that was awesome and i appreciate it uh great uh great chatting with you great interview and uh i i appreciate you taking the time to have me on absolutely thank you so much Dwayne. once again my guest has been alberta's Dwayne steel i'm dave woods and that'll wrap up this edition of in the country